Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hey y'all, today I wanted to talk about your inner child. So my kids are sleeping downstairs. I'm being quiet if you wonder why I'm talking like this. All right, so y'all, we've talked about your self-talk, how you wouldn't talk to a friend the way you talk to yourself most of the time. But I wanted to give you a more concrete way of thinking about this. A few years ago, I went on a yoga retreat, and we had a wonderful guided meditation where the instructor told us to visualize our second grade photo. And at that time, I had pigtails and freckles before I bleached them all off with expensive creams and lasers. And I remember I had a lot of bangs, like bangs that started halfway, you know, where my uh, top of my head is. And like my bangs were half of my hair. (laughs) But anyway, I have a lot of hair and I guess that made the pigtails easier. So I was talking to a friend the other day and she'd gone to see her doctor and she kind of half jokingly asked him for a magic weight loss pill. He politely refused and he suggested some other ideas that she's already tried and she was feeling discouraged and kind of down on herself and I thought about this inner child meditation. So here's how it goes. You imagine yourself around age seven or eight. You picture your sweet little smile, maybe the smudges on your clothes, your little dirty fingernails, whatever it is you remember, um, just remember it, you know, however your mind's eye pictures you in second grade or first grade or whatever grade. And so then you imagine yourself like walking into a meadow or I've seen meditations where you walk into a room or a church sanctuary or somewhere like that, somewhere you feel nice and calm. You feel the breeze. You see the blue sky. You hear the birds and the insects around you. And then you see a small child walking towards you. You notice what she's wearing. She looks very little in the big meadow or whatever place you've imagined. And as she gets closer, you can see that this is you as a small child. And you notice that she looks scared and a little bit sad. So you kneel down and you get on eye level with the child. You take her little hands and you look into her eyes and you ask her what's bothering her. You feel compassion in your heart for her pain. 
And if she's willing, you can offer her a hug. Feel her little heart beating against yours and tell her it's going to be okay. She is perfect exactly as she is. And, you know, the reason this meditation works is because her heart is your heart. Her pain is your pain. You're still the same person as that sweet little child. You still have the same soul, the same goodness. And you forget this, and then you treat yourself poorly. And you put unreasonable expectations on yourself, and then you beat yourself up because you're not perfect. When you're able to connect with your inner self or your inner child, it gives you self-compassion. Some of us haven't shown ourselves self-compassion in years. We lose touch with the, as Mary Oliver calls it, the soft animal body of ourselves. So how might you treat yourself if you were able to acknowledge your inner child? Here's an example from my own life. When I went to this retreat, it was a couple of years ago, and I was struggling with trying to do it all as well as struggling with major mom guilt. Um, At the time, my daughter was six, and she was learning to express herself and her wishes through um, the only way she really knew how at the time, which was fits of rage, like insane rage. And I know from years of therapy that... um, Intense emotions create a lot of anxiety in me, like even if it's um, just exuberant joy, just that like loud emotion. I don't know why, it just I prefer nice, quiet, calm conversations. So her emotions really like scared me and I would avoid them at all cost, whether that meant giving her her way or going upstairs and like just leaving her in her misery, laying on the floor, screaming about something. But by reconnecting with my inner child, I was able to see that hope was scared. The little me felt like the big emotions meant unrest at home or wherever. And the child version of me always associated big emotions with, oh no, somebody's not getting along. That's not good. That can lead to bad things. And the bad things weren't terrible, but it was just, you know, bad moods or anger or something like that. So I remember how this felt and how I would try to, my little self would try to be perfect in other areas to make up for any discontent. And here I was 35 years later doing the same thing in my adult life. I was avoiding big emotions, which were the tantrums, by trying to prefer perfect other areas of my life, like sign up for a lot of things, say yes to anyone, basically just to be a pleaser and a perfectionist. When I realized that my inner self was upset and anxious and feeling like she didn't have control when someone was upset, I was able to kind of step back and ask, why? Then I was able to see that maybe the big emotions from the other person weren't about me at all. It was something they were feeling. So in this case, like my daughter was feeling a lot of something. We don't know if it was fear or um, loneliness or who knows, but it opened me up to curiosity. It made me want to equip my daughter with tools to learn how to use her voice in a productive way. 
So this is a good exercise to try. You can find um, a lot of YouTube videos on this. You, if you're a member of um, Insight Timer, that's the one I use, or Calm.com, that app, you can find inner child meditations. But the disclaimer is if you did suffer any kind of uh, childhood trauma or abuse, you should not do this um, unless you're under the guidance of a trained professional because it can it can unleash a lot of deep emotions. All right, so now that you've connected with your inner child, how in the heck is this supposed to help you figure out your path, your next step? I'll tell you why. Okay, number one, it keeps you from negative self-talk. Negative self-talk holds you back big time. It's like living with an evil twin who's always dissing you, who's always like talking bad about you, who beats you up and criticizes everything you do. So negative self-talk will keep you living in Stuckville because you don't believe you're worthy or capable of moving forward or taking a different path. Number two, you would want what's best for a child, so you would do everything in your power to help them find happiness. So why aren't you doing that for yourself? If your cute little second grade self were miserable in a situation, would you just say, all right, you got to buck up? No, you would brainstorm every possible way to help them take a new path. Number three, this meditation can remind you what you were like as a child how you were curious and enthusiastic about different things. By reconnecting with your inner child, it can awaken like interests that you had as a kid. You hear my kitty cat purring? So that's one thing as a kid, I loved cats and I really let go of that. And recently I thought, you know what? I remember how much joy having a cat in the house brought me. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a cat. And she's sitting on, he's sitting on my lap right now. But anyway, our blueprints don't change a lot as we get older and we get college degrees and real jobs. We're still going to find joy in a lot of the same things we did as a kid. Like we used to make um, these cloth, uh, like paper dolls. The clothes were cloth, of course, but the paper dolls were wooden. And we would decorate with sequins and something called rickrack, which was this squiggly fabric we would hot glue on there and we would have lace and you know we'd have pajamas and wedding dresses and all kind of things we'd make for these dolls and I'd forgotten how much I love doing stuff like that that sparked my creativity so figure out what you used to love to do at that age and just do more of it now Number four, kids think anything is possible. My daughter right now really believes she will be the first female president, and she may be, but as boring old grown-ups, we limit ourselves. So remember what you thought was possible as a kid. I wanted to own an ice cream or a candy shop. So I guess I was kind of entrepreneurial back then. Or maybe I just loved candy so much. I don't know, just I can picture as a kid, I would imagine those rows and rows of like candy, all the different colors and how I would have them lined up. And, you know, then part of the daydream was that I was going to marry a dentist, <laughs> which I didn't do. I don't know if I was thinking maybe he could brush my teeth for me. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, just remember 
what you were like as a kid and do this inner child meditation if you have time. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast, Recharting Your Life with Hope. Everything I discuss in this show reflects my own views and opinions and not those of my employer. Although I'm a physician assistant in my real life, any advice or tips you hear on this show should not be used as medical advice. If you like what you hear, come on over to HopeThePA.com or follow me on Instagram at HopeThePA.com.